Listen, we, we desire, this is Keith, Keith and I, we, de, we desire to lead you, uh, to shepherd you more into what it means to be the Lord's, what it means to be his, what it means to know who you are in Christ Jesus. That's why we keep reading 1 Peter. I'm gonna read it for you again, verses nine through uh, nine and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Uh, we, we believe that this series is crucial for our church, this one another series. We believe, as Keith stated the very first week, we believe that this series and specifically God's word applied in our hearts has the ability to transform us as a church body, uh, to make us more into the image of Christ, to push us further along of what it means to be the body of Christ. The more that we see who Christ is and the more we see what Christ has done for us, our immediate response to that in God's word many times are these one another commands. There's over 50 one another commands in the New Testament, none of which we can accomplish outside of the body of Christ. They're given to the church for us to uh, obey him in to make much of the, the Lord who has saved us. And so what I would say is this, there's no better place. I believe there's no greater command, no calling that one has who has believed on Christ Jesus uh, that we will find that is greater than the one that we'll look at today. And, and that calling is for this, for us to love one another, for us to love one another. In fact, you'll remember when Christ was pursued with this question, it was, Jesus, what is the greatest of all commandments? And what did Jesus say? It's Matthew 22. He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, this, of course, Jesus uh, cited from Deuteronomy chapter six and, and what the, the Jews called the, the Shema. And it's also him taken from Leviticus chapter 19. And so he goes to the Old Testament. He then applies it uh, there in that context and said, this is the greatest of all commandments. In our text today in John chapter 13, Jesus is going to begin to bring new covenant into the law. He is going to begin to show us what it looks like for the greatest of all commandments to actually have a newness connected to it. He's going to show a new commandment. And I want you to hear the words of our Lord as he says it here in chapter 13. Look with me, chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that you would 
Help us to see how great this word is for us to believe and apply today. Father, that as you have loved us in sending your son, we are to love others. Christ, as you have loved us and given your life for us, as you have served us, we are to lay down our life and serve others. Help us to understand the power that is necessary to obey this command and the grace that you give us to live it out in. Father, we love you. We pray you do a great work in this place today as we apply this word to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're gonna take two weeks on this command to love one another. This week, what I want us to do is is this, is as we look at this passage, and we will go from John 13 to 1 John as well, but we wanna ask the question, what does it look like to love one another? Or what does, I believe we have on the screen, what does loving one another look like? You know, how do we begin to do this? How can we see what this looks like? And so I wanna give you an outline today. You don't have one in your uh, worship guide. And the reason why is this, is, is we, we have deadlines to get outlines in. But here's the thing, is, is the Lord didn't give me what I needed. Uh, before the deadline was up. And so it took a little extra work and it took a little extra time. And I believe that that is necessary sometimes for us to be faithful as communicators of God's word. And so today you're getting the outline, uh, which you will see on the screen. But I, I want you to see what does loving one another look like? Number one, I want you to see it looks like an apron. It looks like an apron. When we look at this, we wanna see and learn to love one another by serving one another. Look with me at John 13 there at the very beginning, verse one. It says, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from supper. So he's raising up from the supper that he has been walking them through. You know, my body, when you break this bread, think of my body. When you drink this cup, remember my blood. This is the supper that he's rising up from. He rises up from this supper. It said that he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Verse 15 of chapter 13, he says, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I've done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus Christ, on on the night that should be all about him, it should be all about him. Like th- this is the night that he's gonna be betrayed. This is the night that he is going to, uh, he is gonna sweat drops of blood in the garden. This is the night that he will be arrested. This is the night before he will be crucified. And this night should be about Jesus. 
It should be about him. And in fact, when we look at this, we think this is the one that Daniel chapter seven said that all people, all people, the whole world should serve the son of man. Yet Jesus Christ, the one who puts on this towel, he kneels down at the disciples' feet and he shows us a picture of what it was like when the son of man said, the son of man didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. As he washed the dirty feet of his disciples. John, the writer of this gospel account, was next to Jesus. He was sitting next to him after he got up from washing their feet. And as they were sitting there at the table, reclined at the table, Jesus said, there is one of you in this room who will betray me. All the disciples began to ask, what could he be talking about? What does he mean? And as he was doing that, Peter kind of gave the, the word over to, to John and said, you know, find out who he's talking about. Find out what he means. And as he does that, John asked and Jesus said, the one who I give this morsel of bread to after I dip it, the one that I give it to is the one who will betray me. And John and only John knows that Judas is the one. He knows that Judas is the one that will betray Jesus. He knows that Jesus knows that Judas will betray him. He knows that Jesus just washed his feet. Jesus knows that Peter in the room will deny him three times. Jesus knows that everybody at that table will scatter as he's arrested. Yet Jesus Christ kneels down and washes their feet. He serves them. He serves them. I want you to see that when, when we see Jesus wash his disciples' feet, we're reminded that we are called to, as Jesus served them, we're called to serve one another. That's a way to love. I'm going to give you several ways that we can serve. You say, well, what do we need to do? Do we need to have a foot washing in the service? Maybe, I don't know. I mean, if your feet are dirty, we might need to do that. But, but what, what do we do? What are some ways that we do? Here are just a few. We serve within this body with truth, okay? How, how many of you are a, are a teacher this morning? How many of you taught Sunday school this morning? Raise your hand. Raise them high, y'all, loud and proud, okay? Raise them up. All right, several of you. Listen, this morning you have already, by God's grace and power, you've served this body by proclaiming truth, by teaching us. Teachers, we teach with truth. Uh, anybody in this room that you invest in people enough to hold people accountable, you're serving them with truth. We serve with truth. We also serve uh, with an end grace. Uh, this should be a place that we serve one another by uh, putting on the apron, by tying the towel around enough to kneel down enough to seek forgiveness and to seek reconciliation within this body. This should be a place that is, as we are as individuals in Christ, lavished by the grace of God. This should be a place soaked in grace. We serve one another, not only with truth, but we serve one another with grace and in grace. We serve one another with humility and care. I, I wanna read for you a scripture that I believe uh, says this so clearly of who we ought to be. 
and how we ought to serve one another with the attitude of Christ Jesus. And so you don't have to flip there, but, but just listen uh, carefully. Philippians chapter two, verse three and four. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Can you, can you imagine? Listen to me, everybody, everybody look right here. 33 year old pastor up here, look, check me out. Look up here. Can you imagine what it would be like if nothing ever happened in this body with selfishness or conceit in the heart? Can you imagine what it would be like? If everybody in this place, if everybody with Christ in them did this, that we in humility counted others more significant than ourselves, and did what? Not only look to our own interests, but also to the interest of others. Can you imagine the impact that would have? What love, what service, what gospel we would see. And yet this is the very attitude of Christ Jesus that we are called to have. And in him, we receive the power to live this out. Church, let's be a people who are not afraid to put on the apron. Let's learn to serve one another. Secondly, I totally lost my page here. Where am I? There we go. Oh, wow. There we go, Colby. Good job. Secondly, there we go. Here we we are. Uh, Secondly, we want to Learn to love one another. What does it look like to learn? Not only an apron, but it looks like a cross. It looks like a cross. Listen, John never forgot this scene. He never forgot it. He, He didn't forget what happened in chapter 13. Like the impact of watching Jesus serve the disciples, the impact of hearing these words, love one another as I have loved you. He he did not forget these words. Uh, John chapter 15, verse 12, this is what he says. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. John recorded those words. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Uh, We need to learn as the church how to love one another by laying down our lives. And you may say, well, how how do we do that? Well, we're we're gonna get there. We're gonna look at some ways. I want you first to see what's in John's mind and heart as he writes. First John is a letter that this same man that that penned the gospel of John, he also writes first John. And he he writes it and it is just filled with the call to love one another. I wanna give you several examples of that. Verse 11 of chapter three of first John, he writes, for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain. I mean, you know, he, he's really talking about the beginning. You know, this is the very message that we heard from the beginning. And I, maybe in his mind, he's even thinking the very nature of God, Father, Son, and Spirit. I mean, within the, the, the triune nature of God, in the Godhead, there was love between 
between God himself, between the Father, Son, and Spirit. God created us in his image, and we, of course, are people who would have the capacity to image him in the way we love. He says, for this is the message you've heard from the beginning, that you should love one another. Uh, 1 John 4, beloved, verse 7, beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God, not in full. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Uh, Listen, if you want to know what does it look like to love one another, it looks like a cross. Uh, Ultimately, in the, the greatest picture that we have of what loving someone looks like is when the father sent the son for the son to die in the place of sinners. I mean, that's the clearest picture of love. The clearest picture of love is Jesus Christ on the cross taking the wrath of sinners and dying in our place. I mean, that's the clearest place. The clearest picture. And we're told in God's word right here in 1 John 4, beloved, if God so loved us in this way, If he loved us in sending his son to die in our place, if he loved us in this way, we ought also to love one another. Hear the word of Jesus. Love one another just as I have loved you. Jesus laid down his life for us. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us and we ought also to lay down our lives for the brothers. So what does it look like for us to live in this way, to live sacrificially? Uh, What does it look like for us to love one another by laying down our lives for our brothers and sisters? Well, I'll give you you several uh, ways. How do we do this? One is we bear one another's burdens. We, We lay down our lives emotionally. We lay down our lives emotionally. You have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice emotion to really invest in someone's heart. You do. You have to sacrifice. It's emotionally taxing to make disciples of Jesus. Uh, Some of the most drained I have ever been in my life was after being with one of my brothers or sisters in Christ. When you invest in someone that is struggling, when you invest in someone that's in pain, when you invest in someone that is dealing with doubt, when someone is dealing with fear, when you deal with someone that's, that's in sin, when you deal with someone that's in crisis, listen, it's emotionally draining, but we're called by God to love one another as he has loved us. And part of what that means, laying down our lives will be laying down our emotions. Entering in 
to relationships that we know will be emotionally draining for us. Another thing this means is this, is laying down our time. Now, I don't mean that you're not responsible with your time. I don't mean that you don't wisely uh, execute your calendar. I, I don't mean that. But listen, if you want to love one another the way you have been loved by God, time is gonna have to be sacrificed. It takes time. It takes time. Not only does it take emotional energy, it takes time. It takes time. Some of you right now, you know, you don't have the capacity, you don't have the the schedule that allows for you to love one another. You don't have time to invest in community. Some of you, listen, I I told the church Wednesday, uh, about three-fourths of this body, uh, the attending body, you're connected into a small group at Alberta Baptist Church. That's good. I'm very pleased with that. I would love for it to be 100%. Uh, but, but most of you are connected into a small group at Alberta Baptist Church, whether it is through Sunday school or whether it's through life group, some of you both. Uh, but what I wanna say to you is this, if you don't have time to invest in the people here, to be around the people, to learn about people, if you don't have time for you in your life to be known by others, and get to know other people, you need to reevaluate your heart and your schedule. Because we are called by Jesus. It's not a suggestion, it's a commandment for us to love one another. You need to be in a place where you are able to do that. You will have to sacrifice emotions, you'll have to sacrifice time. Also, listen, if you get intentional enough, you're gonna have to sacrifice money have to sacrifice money. Uh, To love one another by laying down our lives oftentimes takes a toll on the pocketbook. Uh, I I want to read for you what John says in 1 John 3. Uh, We read verse 16. I'm going to read it again. He says, by this we know love that he laid down his life for us and we ought also to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? So the example that John gives is dealing with, uh, you know, our possessions. And he says, if you have possessions, the one that you're loving does not. How is it loving if you don't supply their needs, if you don't give toward their needs? Listen to verse 18. Little children, he's speaking kind to us. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. That's as clear as it can be. Sometimes it's gonna sacrifice. We're gonna have to lay down our finances. Sometimes we're going to have to lay down also our space. This is all about some hospitality. Now, some of you are just hospitable people and you're great at that and you wish just everybody was at your house constantly. A lot of you are married to someone who's like that and you're not like that. That can be difficult. Uh, but, But here's the thing. All of us If in the body of Christ, if we understand correctly the gospel message, if we're supposed to love as we have been loved, that oftentimes is going to mean that we have to sacrifice, we have to give up, we have to lay down some of our feelings about our own personal space. 
Sometimes that's going to mean having people come over for dinner. Sometimes that's going to mean going somewhere and meeting someone uh, in a space that normally you do something otherwise. It's going to mean giving up or laying down space. I I think that also is going to mean this, preferences. I, I, I think learning to love one another by laying down our lives often means we'll have to lay down our preferences. This is what Keith was talking about last week. He was talking about matters of uh, peace and matters of purity. This is kind of the matters of peace thing. Sometimes we're gonna have to lay down our matters of peace. What if the best thing for you to do is lay down your preference on a style of music? Lay down your preference on a time of meeting. What if it's lay down your preference on what you think about this or what you think about that if it means that the gospel message is able to be proclaimed in a truer way and you're able to, in a greater manner, love one another? Sometimes we're gonna have to lay down our preferences. I I believe as as a pastor, that has been one of the things that has been maybe the most wonderful Uh, aspect of my time since 2014 is learning to lay down some of my personal preferences. I got a lot of preferences that, that, that I don't get to uh, necessarily see or function in, but I get to function in a place where there is the love of God that is found. And I get to, in a better way, love the body of Christ here, oftentimes by laying down my preferences. Last, sometimes, listen, loving one another by laying down your life will oftentimes mean, and this is kind of back to the time, but you may have to lay down even your own lifestyle. Laying down your lifestyle. Some of us have lifestyles that that keep us from loving one another the way that we know that the Lord desires us to. And I believe this is something that you have to deal with the Lord and walk with him in. But oftentimes I believe you see this in the church is that God calls us to lay down our, even our lifestyles so that we may better love one another. Keith, what time is right now? Hit me up, man. 40, 40 or 45, 40. Okay, uh, go with me, number, number three. I'm watching, watching the clock, but I left my, my watch. Uh, what, what does it look like to love one another? I believe it looks like a family. I believe it looks like a family. Uh, you, you see this there, we've already read the text, but, but it, was, it was there in 1 John 3. By this we know love that he laid down his life for us and we ought also to lay down our lives for the brothers. Uh, we were reminded, or I was reminded this morning, let me, let me see here if I have it uh, written out here in, in the text. Uh, I, I do. This, this right here, just listen to this. This is 1 John 3 verse one. See what kind of love the Father is given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, God calls us in Christ Jesus, He calls us His children. He is our Father. We are His family. And all of us in this room in Christ, listen, we are family, we're blood bought family. Uh, that will extend, uh, hopefully it will be your, uh, your, your family by birth, uh, uh, 
But ultimately, the blood-bought family will extend into all of eternity. Hopefully, it will, be, it will involve both there. But, but listen, the blood-bought family is eternal. I've had such a privilege of, uh, I already said this, of being here, but for almost 10 years. And, and, and getting to understand the reality of family. When I think of Alberta Baptist Church, a lot of times when somebody says, what's your church like? I say, well, like a family. That's the way that I describe it. When uh, I remember when Cindy first got here, you know, for she was here for a few months trying to uh, learn how to find her her place here, and and that's what she would say over and over again. She would say, "Well, it's like a family." Uh, that that's really what we feel like, and and I, I believe that you need to understand, even though I know you realize this maybe theologically, but we need to talk about it practically, uh, is, is that all of us, we, in Christ, we had the same father, we had the same inheritance, we had the same hope. We are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. That's wonderful. I got to experience this in several ways uh, this week. On Wednesday night, uh, I will certainly not embarrass her, but spent a little time with uh, my buddy Ramona Pogue. She had a bit of an accident and we were for at least a time, we were at the ER and Ramona uh, has a sister and some family in, in Mississippi. Uh, but, but when the nurse came up and was asking her questions, she said, you know, do you have, you know, is this your, uh, is this your son? Is this, you know, and, and she, she said, well, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I mean, I mean, like, I don't know. Are you, uh, am I, you know, but, but, but here's the, here's the reality. I mean, what she said, I, I think was, was such a, a beautiful picture. She said, my church is my family. My church is my family. And that's the truth. I mean, it is it, it, like the way I had several other things. I, my, my daddy, John over here, um, John Matthews, I went to him and said, you know, dad, can I have a phone charger uh, today? And so I still have his phone charger in my truck right now. Thanks, dad. Uh, I, last night I was or at the wedding yesterday. I was sitting at the table with Chris and Angie Gilliver. And Angie said, Chris, do you realize that, that one of your pastors could, could be like your son? And and we laughed about that for a minute, but, but here's the reality. I have realized that. I have realized that. I, I, I believe I have brothers and sisters. It's like I have uh, mothers and fathers, grandparents, great-grandparents. Now we're all brothers and sisters, but do you, do you understand how beautiful that is? Do you know? And for some of you, you don't know. Like you don't know, you need to experience the family of God. When we love one another, we, we begin to experience the family of God. We, we have family here in Christ Jesus. Please let Alberta Baptist Church be known for that as a family. That's what loving one another looks like, a family. Sometimes it looks like this most when we forgive. Sometimes it looks like this most when we pursue each other. Sometimes it looks like this most when we discipline. But we're a family and we love one another. Last, last two, and they, these are gonna have a lot to do with next week, so we'll move very quickly here. Uh, and in fact, Jennifer, go ahead and come on up at this point. Um, these last two, listen, what does it look like to love one another? It looks like a mirror. It looks like a mirror. Jesus said, love one another just as I have loved you. First John 4, what, what, was the, what was the word that we heard there? Beloved, if God so loved us, 
we ought also to love one another. See, the, the experience that we've had in Christ is the, is the expression that we live out in. We are loved by Christ, therefore we love each other. As we looked at last week, an expression of loving one another. As we were welcomed or accepted by Christ, we also welcome, we accept each other. We want to be a mirror image, a reflection to the world of the love of our God and the gospel of Jesus. We want people to look at Alberta Baptist Church and, you know, may it be they see our good works and they give glory to our Father in heaven. When they see Alberta Baptist Church, what do we want them to to recognize? We want them to see that we love one another. Lastly, what does it look like to love one another? I believe it looks like a glimpse. It looks like a glimpse. A, A glimpse of what? This is when we learn to see heaven on earth. Learn to see what it looks like to visualize heaven on earth. There is going to be a day when Christ returns and he brings heaven to this earth. He makes all things new. And in God's people, we will no longer have the capacity to do anything except for love one another. That's going to be a great day. No more stereotyping, no more racism, no more bitterness. None of that will be there. No more fear. Perfect love cast out fear. No more fear in new heaven and new earth. But listen, in the church today, in 2016, in Alberta Baptist Church, every time the body joins together, every time we gather in any way, every time we meet a need, every time we love one another, people are able to see on earth a glimpse of heaven. May that be so here at Alberta Baptist Church. I, I, wanna, I wanna pray over you. And what I wanna pray is this. This is as we uh, respond. And, and listen, my conviction is, as one of your pastors, you, we gotta learn how to respond, okay? We've gotta learn how to respond to God's word. God's word is never given to us for us to take it in and just sit with it. He gives us his word that we may stand up and respond, and today, the, the word is not something that we, we just deal with in the moment and then we put it off. This is something, this is our life. This is who we are. We are people who are known as Christ's disciples by the way that we love one another. Please let that be so here at Alberta Baptist Church. Listen, if you are a person in this room who, who right now, maybe you don't know the love of the Father, Maybe you're a person who if you just look at your life, you would realize, man, when people look at me, they know I don't love, which shows them that I don't know the Father. If that's you, listen, let today be a day of salvation for you. Come to Jesus. Believe there's grace, there's forgiveness, there's acceptance for you here. Come to know the Lord. 
for any of you who know the Lord and, and, and today uh, you, you need to do some work probably on your knees up here. You need to do some work at where you are in praying and, and uh, praying for forgiveness. Some of you need to, to go to someone that's here and forgive them, uh, to hug them, to let them know that you love them. There's probably some work that the Holy Spirit desires to do in this room within this body. May he do it to the glory of the Father today. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word.